everybody. On this week's of Guys Talking Sports, we're going to talk about the Carson Wentz trade, um, Serena Williams and her um, eventual loss in the semifinals of the Australian Open. And basketball. No, we're not going to talk about basketball because Al didn't want to talk about his Nets. So we talked about baseball. I'll <laughs> that a little bit more on this week of Guys Talking Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports, um, where we meet with you every week to bust some jokes, talk some shit, talk about some sports. Um, so we know it's definitely cold out there. Uh, it's winter, it's freezing, and thank God the people in Texas finally got their power back on. Um, but in all in all, there's always some stuff in the world of sports to talk about as football ends, basketball, baseball, with the um, pitchers and catchers reporting in, so I know that makes you little happy ace. <laughs> yes, indeed. But even though it's the football offseason, they're still making headlines as the as the world turns with the quarterback um, co- uh, quarterback um, carousel is going. Um, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, but first, I want to introduce my two boys, Ace and Al. How you guys doing tonight? Tired of snow. Get this up. is the heaviest damn snow I've listed in a long time. It was only two or three inches. God damn, that shit was heavy. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Get a snowblower. I, I, that's what I used. <laughs> yes. Well, you know what? Mr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a snowblower. Bring your ass down here. This is my shit. <laughs> I already saw where that was going. <laughs> no, nah, but it, it, it definitely, you know, this consistency of regular snow every week seems like it's just getting to the point where it's become a little bit annoying at this stage. Um, yeah. Almost kind of wishing that spring starts early and get it going so that we can at least melt some of this snow. So. The groundhog saw his damn uh, shadow. <laughs> he was like, I'm out. See you guys in six weeks. <laughs> yeah, but I, I agree with you about Texas, though. It's good that they have their power back on. I don't think they know. I don't think they're we're used to something like this, though. <sighs> And it's nah, like the South is like, you know, one or two inches, everybody, you know, goes crazy. Look, and, oh, and I pray for the people. I'm happy, just like everybody said, but government, it's not like the weather forecasters don't see this shit a week out and they don't have the opportunity to scramble and try to do something. They knew about it and chose not to do anything about it. But I'm not here to piss any, piss anybody off from Texas, you know. Let take. <laughs> you know what's funny? You know what's funny about that too. Um, real quick, and then we'll get started. Like when you know, for us guys, we from up north. Like we're used to this. And I remember, like when I went first, went down to college down in Charlotte. They, um, um, the first time they had like they were saying like snow was going to accumulate and it was going to be like a dusting or an inch. And like school closed, and I was like, "Yo, mad people from up north was like, what do you mean school closed just because of like a dusting?" He was like, "Yeah, school is closed. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you might as well just stay in your rooms and blah 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 blah." Yo, the north was just laughing. Like, are you serious? Like, an inch or a dusting, and y'all closing schools? Like, what kind of mess is this? Like, we came with boots. We, you know, like from the north, we came with boots. We were ready. And they were just like, nah, we shutting down school, you know, snow day. 
Nope, it's delayed. It's delayed opening up here. Two hours, your butt's still getting there. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's an you have to get that. <laughs> Find a way. Find a way. Ah, yes. That's that's all good. Uh, but as we know, um, in the world of football, the Philadelphia Eagles have finally agreed to trade Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third round pick and a conditional 2022 second round pick. Um, surprisingly, again, depending on the dollar. But um, that means the Eagles are finally parting ways with Carson Wentz after an unhappy marriage over the last couple of years. Um, and to tune of that, the Eagles are going to have to take a $33.8 million dead cat pit, 33 mil, to get rid of them. <laughs> so, fellas, what is your reaction to this, and who do you think won and or lost this trade? Mm. I'm, I'm going to let Al go first because, you know, he has a, he used to live in, in said area, so I'm sure he still got some – that's what people would like to hear what he has to say. Not really. Not really at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, even though I lived in Philly, it, it, I, not really. Um, I'm just gonna keep this very short and simple and to the point. Um, in a nutshell, it's Jalen Hurts' team. Um, in a nutshell, we they already proved that you know they can move on um, without Carson Wentz being the focal point or the quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but this all started when Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. This is basically was just writing on the wall. Everybody knew that this was going to have to happen in order for the Philadelphia Eagles to move on. And they did everything else but what they were supposed to do. And now that they finally have done it, now they can move on the right way. They when this happened when Nick Foles um became you know <clears throat> excuse me when Nick Foles took over the starting role for when Carson Wentz went down that was it when he won the Super Bowl everybody said to get rid of Carson Wentz and they did end up end up getting rid of Nick Foles to because they were so set on Carson Wentz being. The, the next person. Well, if Nick they could do it with Nick Foles and win the Super Bowl, then Carson Wentz could do it, could come in, and he they thought was a better quarterback and do the same thing. Didn't happen. Went through all of this. Bottom line is, is that they did what they were supposed to do. Eventually, it was going to happen. Um, they even got rid of Doug Peterson and still kept Carson Wentz. Still got to the point where everything ended, and now Carson Wentz is now gone. Hopefully now that they can start on the right foot and on the right path. And to be honest, this is clearing up all the baggage from previous years. So now they got a full chance to start over with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. They already seen a sample of him last year. So now they can move into the right direction and focus on him. So it needs to happen. Um, finally, it did. And now they can move on. Philadelphia fans are waiting to see what Jalen can do. So now it's the opportunity. That's all I have to say. Well, I think you just omitted one thing. You know, I don't think it. I don't think it was so much that uh, that Foles won the Super Bowl. I think it was more so that Foles got the statue, and he got to sit there and walk past that joint every day. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, that was a low blow for him. <laughs> that, that was a low blow for him. <laughs> you know, because 
in Carson's defense, he can sit there and say, well, I went 13-1. and one. You know, if, if it wasn't for me, it wouldn't have got to this point. And maybe the, the coaching staff drafted up a, a great uh, game plan for Foles and managed to do whatever. The defense was great. Boom, whatever. He probably could have lived with that. But that statue, and then how he would tell you that, uh, you know, uh, Foles could probably go anywhere in Philly and get a beer and never have to pay for anything in his life. I think that really hurt his ego. Um, but the dumbest thing ever was, I think Eagles management knew that it hurt, you know, hurt his ego and that he was butthurt. And they figured if they pay him, he would get over getting being hurt. But he never got over it. And then last season or this past season, the team was just so shitty. He played like crap. And... You know, I, it, it was just something that these general managers and these owners are going to sit here and learn. I think they said it today on first take whatever. The number one and number two pick in the 2016 draft have both been traded, and they both got big-time contracts after the third year or the second year or whatever the hell. I guarantee you no team will ever pull that crap again. They've learned from this crap. No matter how much these quarterbacks catch lightning in the bottle, and you think you may have something, I guarantee they're going to sit there and wait and let them play out that rookie contract before they pick, turn around and pay them. Ain't no way. You know, because now Philly's sitting on that dead cap, $33 million, and what they got to show for it. Yeah, they got a Super Bowl, but they can't do nothing. They're going to have to bring back Nick Foles because Nick Foles, I mean, makes no sense for him to stay in Chicago. He might as well go back to where he's, where he's loved, you know, and where it seems like that's the only place he could play well. <laughs> it could be his third time. He probably played well there. Just, but it's under you know, a different. But it's under a different head coach, in it, right? It was a different head coach when he was under Chip Kelly the first time. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it don't matter. It just seems like for whatever reason in Philadelphia he shines. Anywhere else he plays like crap. So maybe he just whatever. Just go back for the go back for the farewell tour. <laughs> So bring him back, you know, just bring him for a nice, healthy competition with Jalen Hurts. More than likely, Jalen Hurts is going to win. That's going to be a problem. No. Nah. That's nah. going to be a problem because if, if – and I'm sorry, um, Smooth, because – but that's going to be a problem because if you bring back Nick Foles and even if – I mean, Jalen Hurts is going to be your number one, all it takes is for him to have a couple of bad games before people start wanting blood and seeing Foles back into the mix. And that's gonna hurt his ego down the road. They need to be he needs to be solidified as that number one for his confidence to go. So he don't have to worry that if he messes up, then Foles is gonna come in and be the savior. And I probably would uh, respectfully dis disagree only because the NFC East is trash last season. And despite all of the issues, the Eagles still have a pretty good team if their offensive line it's healthy. Um, I would like to think that Philly would like to have a confident backup. And I don't think they have a backup to Jalen Hurts. They have, uh, I forget the kid's name, but obviously he ain't dancing. Sudfeld. Yeah, Sudfeld. He ain't dancing. And, and I don't think Jalen Hurts would feel any sort of way about walking past uh, Nick Foles' statue. He wasn't there for that. <laughs> so it's like, whatever, man. You know? So, in, in a nutshell, 
it should have happened along. It should, what what shouldn't have happened was was uh, Wentz getting paid. And then if they wanted to trade, whatever, you just do what they have to do. Will Wentz? This is I. Will Wentz do well in Detroit? I mean, going back under Colts. his old offensive coordinator, Colts. Who? Oh, the Colts. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, will he do well? Who knows? But you know, he's been getting hurt a lot recently, so we'll have to stay. You know, kind of have to play it out. Well, I. I, I totally agree with your assessment about the um, the statue ace, a hundred thousand percent. <laughs> um, yeah, you saw the writing on the wall. I mean, you saw the writing on the wall when they picked when they drafted Jalen Hurts. You know, so right there was you know was the was was the issue. I mean, however, I don't think Nick Foles or Jalen Hurts is the answer moving forward, and Nick Foles. Foles, it wouldn't surprise me if you go back. I don't think management do it because it's the it's the same arrogance that made them choose Carson Wentz over him. It's the same arrogance is not going to want them to bring Nick Foles back because then it's going to make them seem like, well, you guys are stupid. Three years ago, you you know you, you cut the wrong person and you bring him back, and you know these owners have egos, huge, massive egos and we know one in dallas has a huge massive ego that's why he's letting this whole Dak prescott you know contract thing get way out of bounds and i think Dak prescott is probably going to bounce anyway they're going to franchise tag him and he's, he's going to walk out the door but back to carson wentz <laughs> as a giants fan <laughs> the implosion on both the dallas cowboys and the philadelphia eagles is music to my ears right about now so I'm loving every minute of it. It was a bad marriage. Like you said, Ace, they should never gave him the contract. They should have gave Nick Foles that money. But it wasn't the Super Bowl that he won, I think, was really the telltale sign. It was the next year when they ran it back. Mm. And Carson Wentz got him right to the playoffs, gets hurt. Nick Foles comes in, wins one playoff game, almost won a second. Almost won a second. And if he won a second, he would have been right back in the NFC Championship game. And at that particular point, how could you justify, you know, keeping Wentz and not Foles? He caught lightning in a bottle for those two specific times. Yeah, Carson Wentz carried the heavy load both seasons. But when it came down to the pressure time when the chips was on the table, you know, Carson Foles, I mean, Nick Foles was there. So I think, you know, Indianapolis got the quarterback. I mean, you know, Philip Rivers retired. You know, Carson Wentz is going to be back with Frank Reich. I have a feeling that Carson Wentz is going to have a rebirth and a resurrection in Indianapolis. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles is a joke right now. Um, <laughs> if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'll be trying to get the heck out of Dodge as fast as I can. Um, it's a mess over there. Um, the coach left because he wanted a little bit more power and Harry Roseman didn't want to give it to him. Carson Wentz, you know, they, they got rid of him, had to take pennies on a dollar just to get him out of Dodge. So it's like, it's a hot, hot mess over there. And you know what? The Eagles have no one to blame but themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I, I, I agree that it, it may be bad, but I'm going to be honest with you, it is not as bad as the Houston Texas. <laughs> All right, so they at least have some type of stability there. True. And you see how bad the deal is that the Eagles had to take that and take a second and a third round pick. 
Matthew Stafford, what they gave him, what, two first rounders? Two first rounders for old Matthew Stafford. And and the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, quarterback, thank you. <laughs> like, I personally I wouldn't have I wouldn't have given up a third a third in a conditional second. Talking about he has to start 75% of his games in this uh in order for that second round pick to go to a first round pick. You know what? I'd be like, yeah, 75%. What is that? Starting 12 games? <laughs> I'd be Damn like, it's the damn it the, the entire season outside for two. <laughs> I'd be like, nah, if if this if the contracts are stipulate starting 75, I'd be like, look, don't start me in two of those games. Let me come in in the second quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Say it was uh something you know detrimental to the team had to sit out for the first quarter. <laughs> but nah, screw them, man. Like hell. Firstly, like I said earlier, I think I probably would have given up a fifth, a fifth uh, this year, and maybe a fourth next season. No way in hell I'm giving up a, a third and a second. Because I, I, I personally think Carson Wentz's damage goods. Once you, once your head is screwed up in a quarterback, you know it's hard to come back from that. Well, he's going to be back with Frank Wright, where he had a lot of success. So hopefully, um, Frank Wright might be able to get him back on track. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> At least he has that opportunity. I mean, you can't say, but he, he has to go there being humble. He can't go there thinking that he's going to be running it just because he's there back with Frank. Like, he has to be humble. Um, and You're right. If he doesn't, I mean, he can't think that he's going to be that person where he's turning over the offense and he's the one that's running it. He's got to make sure that he utilizes and be humble with all with the whole office team. Because if he comes in there with that mindset and thinking that he's going to run this ship, it's going to be it, it, the Colts ain't going to be where they are because of that. He needs to be humble and think of it as a team aspect. He is not the savior for the Colts. The, he's not the only reason why the Colts um, can get back to you know a winning record. He needs to prove that he needs to reevaluate and have that team chemistry as a whole so the Colts is banking on that so hopefully he'll be humble enough to know that when he goes there you know it's a team aspect not just him so I'm still kind of mad that they won't give Jacoby Brissett that opportunity <laughs> he's no scrub he's just he's not. but you know people seem to think that he's just not their guy but but here's my here's my here's I, I completely agree with you, but here's my thing on that. If you're in a and to be honest, I really hope that they make it a, a, a not just him just starting, but earning his start. Um, I think I know that Carson Wentz won't be happy if um, if if he didn't win the starting position, um, but I think that at this particular stage. It should be a a, a a competition, at least for the for the starting quarterback position. I doubt well, it put, it, but I, I think that at this stage, I, that should be something that needs to be done. Well, I guess we'll, we'll see as the world as the world turns with Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. But staying in the NFL, our boy Deshaun Watson still there. Still trying to get out. J.J. Watt was granted his release. 
and gone. Now he didn't have as much, you know, he didn't sign a shiny new contract with the Houston Texans, you know, right before this, but, you know, he was on his last, you know, I think his last contract. So it was minimum, you know, money hit to them, but um, he got granted his release. Deshaun Watson is still there. We hearing all the chirps and talks about who, who where he's oh, going to end up at. Sure. So, where do you guys think that Deshaun Watson may wind up, or do you think he's going to wind up staying in Houston? You know me, I I would love to pull a coup and get Deshaun Watson and JJ Watt coming over to the 49ers. Man, that. What JJ this straight up more than likely the 49ers probably have to give up on Bosa. I know have to probably give up on Bosa and probably some other assets. I would say give up Bosa, give up Garoppolo, and you give up your first round draft pick, and then maybe a first round draft pick and uh. 2023 I wouldn't give it up in 2022 they get they get the they two first round draft gets they get a starting quarterback and they get Bosa I think that's fair I I, I, I don't see why that wouldn't be doable and um Deshaun Watson would be happy he'll have a he have a, a plethora of riches around him as far as assets and weapons and the 49 is not a draft, so I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me that they'll go out and get quality talent. And I think they'll be all right losing Bosa and bringing in JJ Watt until they can go around and get another another guy or another talent to you know to play the front line for. Them. That would be my bet. But what a happy problem. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, Houston, Texas, yeah. Yeah, you want to, you know, you know, it's going to take at least three, you know, three first round picks if Matthew Stafford got two. It's going to take at least three to have the conversation. And yeah, I asked for Nick Bosa too. Now, what do I think the 49ers are going to give give him up? They'll probably fight that one tooth and nail. Um, to me, you got a young Nick Bosa and you got an older, more injury prone JJ Watt. Um, I would, I would try to keep Nick Bosa in the deal because I'm, J.J. Watt is too injury prone. So, and I'd rather go with the younger stud because you ain't going to find another Nick Bosa in the draft. I mean, unless you get real damn lucky. And J.J. Watt's better years, I mean, for all intents and purposes, are a little bit behind him. So, he's still an effective player. But, I mean, you know, I agree, and I agree with you. I mean, if, you know, the 49ers had to come off of Nick Bosa, if that was the, what the seal the deal, they probably would. But me, I I will fight that one tooth and knob like anybody else, Jimmy Garoppolo and whoever that you want on the roster. But well, think about it. Bosa's already coming off a season and injury. So he's he's only been in the league two years and already had one season and in injury. Granted, he still is younger. He still be he'll still be highly productive. But who's to say he won't have an injury prone career? To get Deshaun Watson, a, uh, uh, an elite quarterback that will lead your team for the next 10 years, maybe? At least, and you're giving up Nick Bosa, and you and you will pull a JJ Watt in on free agency. So you're not really giving up much out after the two first round draft picks. And that's all predicated that that JJ Watt actually going there. It would be nice. <laughs> I, 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 I truly, you know, personally, I think if I end up in, in Pittsburgh just because his two brothers are there and the, uh, 
the possibility of playing with your with your brothers and all three of you at the same time, that would be like a, a dream come true. Even if you just did it for one season and then move on to go somewhere else, you know, because at this point, JJ Watt could probably just go where he wants to go. But you know, if he if he wanted to, you know, if he's just ring chasing, he best bet is either Tampa or Kansas City. Or Green Bay. Or Green Bay. Or Buffalo. Um, I see Green Bay. First of all, why are we talking about the 49ers? Why is it always and if somebody has a big name or quarterback, we gotta mention the 49ers? Because um, he don't like because he don't because he, he don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. I even though <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, just, I just had to bring that up. <laughs> no, but I, I agree. I I would like to see him in Pittsburgh. With his brothers, to be honest, but I don't really don't see that happening. Um, more talk is definitely about Green Bay and some of them other um, teams that are on the cusp of winning the championship. So um, I will say this. I'm not going to talk about where they're going. We're going to talk about the dysfunction of the Houston Texans. Um, <laughs> basically, I just don't, for the life of me, understand the management. And I thought the New York Jets management was bad. Texans are worse. Um, they definitely are not at their best at this moment. And for them to do this in th- these past couple of seasons consecutively, giving up their best player, whether it was um, DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver, and now you got J.J. Watt leaving, asking for his release. And then eventually to Sean Watson is going to have to go because I can't for life of me see him wanting to stay there and – be continuing to be involved in all this. Um, this whole mismanagement thing, I just don't understand. Like, I, I really don't understand. And for the life of me, I, I thought as an out, outside looking in, this is just so confusing. Like, it just seems as though that they just want to get rid of everybody at the moment. And then the question is, is that how are you going to attract free agencies when you're not even, you know, keeping the people, your top people at this stage? So what would make anybody come to a Houston Texans game when you're doing all of this? Jimmy (laughs) Garoppolo. You know what? I I, I give up. I give up. (laughs) It is what if he wants to go there, and you know, it is what it is. I I can't even knock that. It'd be the Jimmy G uh, revenge tour. (laughs) You should be there, PR man. (laughs) You're trying to take down everybody. (laughs) No, I I, I really think that at the end of the day, I I really want to see, like, I really would like to have a conversation with management in Houston to find out exactly what is their goal? What is their end goal? Like, it just seems to know that people are just so mismanaged. And I know that there's talk about Jack Easter Bay um, being how he got to where he is and everything like that. But I can't believe that he's making all these decisions by himself. No, the owner has to sign off on them. So I know that the owner has to be thinking like, what is this of value to me? How is it that it's going to make me money? Because right now, from an owner standpoint, whatever he's doing, what they're doing now, is not going to attract people to want to buy season tickets, or try to get to their goal of winning uh, the NFL. I mean, winning the Super Bowl. So, what is the mindset here? 
that's where I'm looking at. I'm looking at it from a business aspect. What is their mindset? What is the owner mindset for doing the things that he's done? Because DeAndre Hopkins getting traded is not a good thing to do. Um, releasing J.J. Watt is not a good thing to do. And what makes it worse is that people are telling you this to your like you hear media telling to your face that, hey, look, this is not a good move. And then you're trying to trade Deshaun Watson. What is the point? That's what I would like to know. I don't know. It's a mess. Um, if, if I'm if I'm the Texans, um, I, w- I would target either the Jets or the Dolphins because they both got two first-round picks in this year's draft. Um, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I probably wouldn't go to Miami because <laughs> Miami seems to have a little bit better, better team, a little bit more stability. Um, and I think if you know Texas approached the Dolphins, I think they would easily come off those first two picks and send um, and send um, Tunga to to Olova right there with him. Um, to me, I think that will probably be if I'm him, I'll be trying to push for that deal. Um, and with the Dolphins, yeah, you give up two, and then you have to give up another one next year, or the year after that. But you can you can part with those two if you're going to get Deshaun Watson um, in the you know in the package. So, well, like you said, it's a hot mess over there. I don't know if anybody wants to go over there to Houston right about now. It's like a dumpster fire, and everybody's trying to get the hell out of Dodge. Once I heard all this rumbling about Deshaun Watson going on, I knew JJ Watt was going to try to be getting out the door. Luckily for him, he did. Um, but to me, this sounds clear, the arrogance of the Houston, Texas owners that doesn't want to be told by his employees what to do. Because his daddy, the former owner, said, you know, we can't let the inmates run the asylum. So his son, you know, the owner has the same mentality as his dad did. So this is where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going there tonight. (laughs) It's it's the same because if that is the case and that's your mentality, you're not going to be attracting anything anytime soon. Your end goal is not going to be trying to win. And if your end goal is not going to be trying to win, what is the reason for some of the players to even come to your organization? If you don't have that desire to be like, yo, we want to keep the best players possible, what's the point? What's the end game? Just to make money? And a lot of people ain't going. A lot of players is not going to think that as unless, you know, they don't have any place else to go. It's not going to be their top destination. And if it's not the top destination, you're just going to be constantly, constantly in a losing situation for a long period of time. And, and do the Houston Texans even have a pick in this in this year's draft in the first round? That's a good question. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Hold on. I'm sure they do. Don't quote me though. I, you know, I'd be wrong. Like, not. <laughs> uh, let's see. No, they traded their the first round. They traded their first round pick to Miami. For who? What? For when? That I do not know. Oh, Tunsil. Gotta be Laramie Tunsil, the the the, uh, the tackle. Oh. So they got uh, Tunsil and. Um, the wide receiver from, from Miami a year or two ago. Um, Stills? Yeah, Kenny Stills. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm Houston. I've been going back to Miami like, yo, I, I, I want that pick back. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, 
Interesting. As the QB carousel continues. Matter of fact, they gave up both um, the first and second round pick. Mm, dumb, dumb. But <laughs> that's why they, I guess that's why they're targeting teams with top 10, uh, top 10 picks. But hell, I think the Niners got a top 10 pick. But it's closer to, no? 12. Uh, and then they, they have no other capital to sit there and say they can raise up to try to jump into the top five. No wonder, no wonder, no wonder Deshaun ain't gonna come to uh, the 49ers. <laughs> Let it go, man. Let it go. <laughs> 12 round pick just don't seem uh satisfying to them. <laughs> man, I thought uh, Jimmy G was your guy. I mean, he just had you had your team in the Super Bowl the year before last and was was winning. <laughs> and what was my demeanor the entire time? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, go ahead, say it. No, no, I, I agree. I, I do agree when when Juicy was doing well, he was like, we shall wait and see. Thank you. I was I was like, good wins. Some of them were kind of damn lucky. Yeah. And then I was like, mm, 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 mm. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it didn't pass the smell test in my in my book. I do rem- I do recall that because I was like, you should be celebrating. He was like, no, no, just give it time. Yeah, well, look at it this way. I mean, the quarterbacks you had prior to him, you know, weren't much to <laughs> weren't much to um, smile about anyway. So that was an upgrade at that particular point. Yeah, well, yeah, true, true. <laughs> when Cap was when Cap was in his heyday, you know, we, we were riding kind of high, right. you know. But then before that, you're talking about Steve Young. <laughs> so it's it's been a long drought. <laughs> uh, tough, tough, tough shoes to fill. <laughs> So do you think the Jets hold on to Sam Darling, Sam Darnold, or do you think the Jets are going to say, you know what, screw it, let's go all in, let's go get Deshaun Watson and let the dysfunction continue with Deshaun Watson at the time? Uh, they should. I don't know if they will. But to be honest, I'm going to be honest with you. Even if they brought in Deshaun Watson, it's not going to change anything. They need to address that offensive line a little bit more. Um, I think that they're thinking about this all wrong. I get that fact that Deshaun Watson is out there and available. And by all means, don't get me wrong, if they pull the trigger and Houston was able to get something and the Jets um, were able to get Deshaun Watson and he's available, pull the trigger and grab him. But you make sure that if you grab him, you need to protect him. You can't just bring him in and thinking that he's going to be the savior and that offensive line is still trash. You need to make sure that it's assured and protecting him while he does what he needs to do. I, for what life for me, I don't understand why a lot of teams don't have that mindset. Like we have to make sure that our quarterback is protected. Like I would invest heavily on their own line. But that's just, that's just my opinion. Here's a question as I sit back and let's let's revisit something real quick where Earl talked about the Houston and Miami doing a trade for Deshaun Watson. And Houston turns around and gets the two first rounds of this year, next year, whatever. They throw in two. What do you think? What is the likelihood of Tua being turned around and traded again? Say to like they try to parlay and try to get another first round pick out of, say, New England or 
somewhere else because I could see Tua doing, I could see Tua being a nice QB in New England to play the to play to the strengths of what Tom Brady was doing right before he left for that short intermediate type of game passing game. As long as they could sit there and put some sort of halfway decent weapons around Tua. I guess my question would be, do you think Houston would actually keep Tua or would Houston try to flip him again to get more capital? If they were smart, they would flip him. If they were smart. I don't believe in their management. Like I, I'm, I'm just going to be just flat honest. I don't believe in management that they would do that. They would be smart enough to flip them to try to get some more assets out of that. But mm-hmm. I just don't, I'm not confident in their management whatsoever. Period. I agree. I mean, flipping them would be the, would be the right move because you're going to have, let's say hypothetically speaking, they send Deshaun Watson and Miami comes off their two first round picks. So you have a third and you have one of the later on down in the road. You can theoretically pick another cute quarterback. I mean, um, Trevor Lawrence is going to, you know, be off the board. And then there's going to be the other guy, Zach Wilson, if he doesn't get picked up by the Jets. Um, there's going to be um, Justin Fields. Um, there's going to be Trey Lance, even though I think he's a, a later, a later pick. Um so you're the top three pick. You don't necessarily need to. Uh, you could draft yourself another quarterback, like you said, flip them. But I agree with Al. Don't trust their management style. True, true. Because I, I can see a few teams that can sit there and benefit from having uh, a young QB. Pittsburgh comes to mind. You know, having to sit behind Ben for another year, though they just signed uh, Dwayne Haskins to a one-year deal. But who's to say that, you know, swap the two quarterbacks? <laughs> you know, you still could draft your your quarterback in the draft, and then you still have Dwayne Haskins, who's still pretty much young, raw, and that gives you two young, dynamic quarterbacks that you have, and then you kind of just go at it and see which one kind of prevails. You know, it's it's interesting con- interesting concept to say the least. Hell, I mean, how many teams out there really need a quarterback right now? 49ers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well just go ahead and just draft one with that pick you guys got. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, number twelve? No, we ain't drafting the QB at twelve. <laughs> nah. <laughs> we we need a quarterback. We letting Richard Sherman go. Ooh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, will the, as the days of weeks go on, as the world turns for um, NFL quarterbacks, we'll keep going on until probably right down to the day of the draft. So we'll keep our ears and eyes open for the next couple of months. Uh, but moving along, I'm in a world of tennis. Um, uh, Naomi Osaka defeated Serena Williams in the semifinals of the Australian Open last night. Um, and after that, a very emotional, or we can say very disappointed, whatever you want to call it, was at a press conference getting asked some questions about, you know, whether or not this, you know, what her future looks like. Um, after answering the same question two or three times, she kind of, you know, she got really emotional and walked off, you know, walked out of the, um, Walked out of the um the press conference. 
Um, so seeing what you've seen from Serena Williams over the last couple of years, do you think um, that her time um, in tennis may be coming to an end? Hmm. Uh, some sports just make it so that, you know, father time is just undefeated or in this case, mother time is just undefeated. You know what I mean? Um, it's unfortunate, uh, that to see such dominance kind of have to come to a close like that. I, I don't think, I think she will run it out for the rest of this year because I just don't see her kind of going out just to say, because she lost at Australian open going out like that. But this is, this isn't the first time I think she lost to Osaka, Naomi Osaka last year in, in a tournament. I think it was the U S open maybe uh, in the semis. Um, so Serena and hell, hell and Venus, you know, got to give, give Venus her props too. Granted, she didn't win as many uh, slams as uh, Serena. But she out there, she got a few. And, you know, as, as doubles, uh, they would go out there and kill it in the doubles uh, circuit. Um, you got nothing to be ashamed of. You know, 20 years of pure dominance. Uh, it's all right. You know, it's. I know you wanted to catch history. You know, Tiger wants to catch history, but sometimes when it's a sport, when it's about you, and especially when you're up there, getting up there in age, it's just sometimes it's like you know, it's just that close. You know, I'm not gonna sit there and say you know, Serena getting married, Serena going and having a baby, kind of probably took her away from getting that that last one that she wanted because we don't know that would have been the case but you know that year and a half or so that she took off the field probably got a little bit better and she you know just being a great mom being a great wife just doing what what she has to do and you know just things this Things got things just kind of caught up with her, in my opinion. I'm not going to sit there and say that because she's still dominant as hell. She can still run through the best of them. It's just that she's where dominance is is one or two players or one or two tennis players that are just a little bit more dominant than her right now, and she just can't seem to get over that hump. She might get over it. You know, Tiger was able to win that Masters that one year, but will he win that one that he really needs? We'll never know. She, I, I still think she's going to continue this season. I think she might win one. You know, she might tie it. I think she's going to go ahead and tie it. You know, she's going to will herself through, and then I think she'll retire, you know. Uh, but there's no shame in her retiring. She has nothing to be ashamed about. I think her record's going to stand for a very long time. Um, yeah. No, I – first I, first things first. Um, I think that <clears throat> she was – I mean, they caught her basically all out of just finishing off of a loss. So I'm not going to dictate, I'm not going to um, put, you know, think about what, how she's feeling at this stage. Bottom line is this, um, 
I agree with you, Ace, in regards of the fact that, you know, she did step away and everything. Um, it's just that she may not be as dominant as she was before, but it's, I still don't think that she, it's not like she's not going to win another, um, another, maybe another Australian Open or um, another uh, title somewhere down the road. So she is going to get one more victory. I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised she gets two, two or three. Um, before she calls it quits. But at the end of the day, she, she may not be as a dominant as she was before. The field is catching up to her, but it doesn't mean that she is completely out of the running. I think that she's still going to be still ranked as one of the top players to play. Um, and, and this is just a setting aside the dominance of she's one of the greatest of all time. It's just that at this particular moment, the field is starting to catch up where it's a lot more balanced. And even though Naomi Osaka is now putting her, her step her etch, her her niche into the, the field now. It's just that it's everybody's starting to bring their game a lot. I mean, up to Serena. So Serena is going to have to play harder. I think that if she once she wins again, it's going to be a much earned win than what it was where she was completely dominating and doing the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think that she still has a lot left in her plate. I think that at the end of the day, she is going to win a couple of more. Uh, before she eventually retires on her time. Um, but I just think that they caught her with the questions just because she lost to Naomi Osaka. Naomi is not a, a slouch. Naomi is one of the top ranked tennis players for a reason. So I think that the questioning got caught her off guard. But at the end of the day, I think that Serena is going to continue doing what she does. And eventually, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if she comes back and beats Naomi in the finals somewhere down the road. Ooh. I think I think she dropped the tennis racket after that and walk off. <laughs> uh, it's coming, uh, and I think the time is probably a little bit more closer than she wants to readily admit. Um, right now, I mean, you know, she hasn't been able to um, beat Naomi of the last couple of tournaments that she's faced her in. Um, so that's like a younger version of her out there um, doing the same thing to her that she used to do to people, you know, a couple of years ago, you think about the uh, stretch run between 2014 and 2015, where she basically won the open U S open Australian French and Wimbledon. I mean, you know, that was, if you want to call like the height of someone's abilities, you know, I think that was like it. And um you know, it's tough. I mean, do I think she has an order to get at least one more? Probably, like Tiger did, but it's going to have to be not power. Um, it's going to have to be with, you know, skill, a little bit of luck, <laughs> but definitely skill. You want to have, have to outthink your opponent. You can't just, you know, just out almost outplay them. Um, and maybe she has to, you know, hope for a little luck. Maybe Naomi gets beaten one of the, you know, rounds before they, they match up or you know it just happens that she just has a her great day right um yeah i mean i think i wouldn't bet against her not getting one um i think she's morally capable i mean you know to get to the semifinals, she had to beat the number what the number three and the number 10 um playing the world so it's there but i think with naomi out there i, I think that's just that brick wall where mm-hmm you can't she can't get past because that's you <laughs> and i don't think she can just summon it up you know it just seems you know the last couple of times she's been in the hunt the last couple of years and last couple of matches it's just that i don't know it's 
you know, when it's money time, it used to be automatic. Just like when Tiger was on Sundays, it was automatic. If he was in the lead, it wasn't a question of whether he was going to win. It was going to be a question of just by how much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so now I would like for her to see be able to tie it. I'm hoping that she can. Um, but I am, I wouldn't bet against her, but I'm, I'm with you, um, Ace. If she was to win one more, be it Wimbledon or the U.S. Open, you know, a faster court, not not necessarily the French Open where it's all that dusty clay. Right. Um, you win it, walk away, boom, <laughs> drop the mic, go. I was hoping that Tiger would have. Uh, that's what I was hoping with Tiger. I hope Tiger would have just won that Masters and been just been like <laughs> such a chocolate, <laughs> just walked off. Be right. like, be like, I'm good. I tell you, man, it's it those demons. It's not so much bad demons. It's just the, it's just the the ghost of wanting to be perfect. Yep. And I think Tiger, Serena, um, like they're so close, they could taste it, and they just can't seem. Well, golf is mental and all about technique and consistency. Tiger is just. Once your winter back goes, that's a wrap in golf. You know, he's he's as lucky. He's able to kind of kind of still compete in a, in a sense to make some of these major tournaments. Serena still has all the power, the strength. She, I just think she lost the step as far as her speed is concerned. And that's the step that Osaka has on her. And like you said, he, you know, she has to come with a more of a finesse game than a power game. But if she doesn't have that that one extra step to sit there and Osaka kind of runs her back and forth along the you know along the base of the court, then I I just don't see how in tennis that she can overcome that, you know, because it's not like she has it's doubles where you can have somebody kind of stand back there and get the stuff you can't get to, you know. That's all tennis is that like that ultimate sport like. You're there, you're there, but once you lose that one step, it's real hard to sit back and, and try to to be that brilliant star that she was. I'm not saying she can't do it, like I said, but uh, it's going to be rather difficult. And if she doesn't, don't look back. It's like, are you retiring now? Yes, I'm retiring. Let's just leave it at that and just be gone. You know, maybe do some doubles with your sister because I still think Venus and Serena doing doubles, I still think they could dominate doing doubles competition me personally you know i them two boy you put them two on the court together they're they're unbeatable <laughs> they were winning all a bunch of doubles uh tournament crowns and stuff like that i still i still think they, they could sit there and dominate tennis if they decided to want to go down that route yeah but that's the the question is if they decide to go down that route like truth be told i don't think i heard anything recent in regards to Serena and Venus winning doubles at this stage. Yeah, and, and Venus herself, I mean, I think, you know, time is, you know, past her a bit. I mean, you know, the last couple of tournaments she's been in, she's been, you know, one and done. So I think, you know, I think she's still going out there, you know, for the love of the game. But I think, as you said, they should try doubles. But I, I think once you get to that, that top, that top of the mountain, and Father Time finally kind of like taps you on the shoulder and be like, 
Yeah. Just like just like Father Time will eventually tap Tom Brady on the shoulder, but I think Tom Brady gonna get the heck out of Dodge before uh <laughs> before that happens. Man, look, he just needed Joe Montana hit. His ass his ass retired. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so hoping it was gonna be in the Super Bowl, but no one touched him. He was right. he was un, he was untouched. Again. Are we really gonna go back to talking about the Super Bowl? No, we're just talking no, about the man. To, I just want to get hit good. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> we we're talking about the man being untouched. I ain't talking about that. What <laughs> was? Okay. All right. <laughs> remember when? Remember when Tim Tebow was running ruck shop in college football, and then he played that one game when he got licked hard, and everybody was like, "Yes," because <laughs> he got smacked. <laughs> Just one time, man. I'm not saying kill him. Saying. <laughs> Just do a London Marshall on um Joe Montana. We right. hit him once and was like everything hurts. <laughs> and once he feels that type of pain, he'd be like, mm, Yeah, it might be time to hang it up. <laughs> kind of hard to come back from that at 45, man. <laughs> I know. Uh, but you know, well, hopefully, um, you know, she'll be back and we're all, you know, rooting for her to get that one chip. But if not, she has nothing else left to prove and nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, hell, you won the Australian Open two months pregnant. I mean, can't nobody say that. <laughs> so we'll see. Hopefully, she's going to be back for the French or if not Wimbledon. And, you know, maybe, maybe the, um, the outcome will be different. Uh, last before we go, um, I know this is a touchy subject for you, Al, but the Nets, <laughs> the new look Nets playing the Los Angeles Lakers tonight. Who you got on it, man? Um, no KD. Um, I, I, to be honest, I really don't care. I <laughs> really don't care at this point. Um, bottom line is this. I mean, both the Lakers and the Nets, and everybody could talk about this is a preseason or a preview of the possible NBA Finals. I'm not even going that far yet. Um, they still got a lot of competition in their respective division. I mean, respective conferences. Um, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, um, definitely is going to give Brooklyn a run for the, their money. So, um, same thing with the Lakers, Clippers, and all the other. Um, jazz, I gotta definitely put in the jazz as well. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I can't say anything at this point. This is just another game, and basically we'll just see how it plays out. Um, no AD, I think that that is going to hurt the Lakers um, a little bit. But overall, I think that this is just another game. We'll see how this plays out. It, it's not like that both teams are actually healthy. KD is out, AD is out. So we'll just see how this plays out. Bottom line. But I don't even want to talk about the Nets. The other team out there. I'll give kudos to the Jazz. Jazz is playing like they should be playing. And I would love to see them, you know, go farther beyond in the playoffs. That's who I'm more intrigued about right now. Baseball time, man. (laughs) My man said he don't want to talk about them no more. He said, I'm I'm done with it. Time for some foosball, some big, good old-fashioned baseball. Yes, that's right. Yes, pitchers and catchers reported today. Was it today or today? Yes. So so what do you think about their um, baseball's plan of changing the baseballs to kind of lower the trajectory of the ball in flight to lessen more home runs and hit more ground balls? 
Uh, then it'll be more uh, 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 Stanton type home runs, them lasers that just kind of fly out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they always said the balls were juiced. I mean, these cats are coming in bigger, they're coming in stronger, faster. Technology, the, the way these guys train, it's the way their hand eye coordination. I like the million dollar man thing. I'm, I'm just saying, these, these cats are just, they're just extraordinary athletes when it comes to baseball. You know what I mean? It's, they make it look easy to hit home runs, but it's really not, especially with the way the ball comes in and how fast it comes in and the movement and everything like that. Why not just give these cats stay props <laughs> and stop trying to make it less of a I get it though. Baseball purists, I get it. Baseball is not meant to be an offensive, prolific type of sport. It's not meant to be like that. Baseball is meant to be pitchers duels. Who can who can allow who can allow the least amount of runs so that the other team wins? So yes, they would love to have more one, zero, two, one, three, two type games. But I mean, give props for props to do, man. If you got jokers out here just not, you know, base knocking all the time, hell, they nice. That's why they get paid the big bucks. <laughs> and that's why the pitchers who sit there and don't allow a lot of runs get paid the big bucks because they're nice at what they do. So stop trying to change the way the game is being played, MLB. Leave the ball alone. They ain't got shit to do with the ball. <laughs> you wanna you wanna make it so that these jokers can't hit it? Move the mound in closer. They're already throwing 100 miles an hour where they at. Think about if you moved it in five inches more. Jokers be hitting 110. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. If that's what they want to do, you know, or or raise the mound up some more. Make it so that the ball is coming in at a different angle, but don't don't change the ball. I don't care what they do. The ball is still going to fly out of there. Yeah, I think this is all just, like you said, a, a way of trying to um, get away from the balls being juiced because the home run explosions over the last couple of years, even though they like it, and it offense brings in the casual fan base. But for the purists, they prefer it to be much more pitcher duels, you know, 1-0 one, one oh or 3-1, or two, you know, 2-4 two, games not to seven or 11 or 14 and something like that, you know, runs, you know, nice low, you know, a nice low number kind of back to a much more pitching league. But before we get out, before we, you know, talk more about that, I got to give my props to um, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. 14 years, $340 million contract extension. That's a long damn time to be on one squad. That's a life though. But he gets every penny. Except for life. It's every penny. So you folks out there listening, and you got some young little little boys out there that want to sit there and dribble that basketball and do all that crazy stuff, that's all well and good. Basketball contracts are pretty much guaranteed, too. But damn it, if you're good at baseball, you can sign those three, four, five hundred million dollar contracts. And you're talking about generational wealth. <laughs> Put a glove in the back in your child's hand too, man. There ain't nothing wrong with it. <laughs> nothing wrong with it at all. Young, young girls out there too. Trust me, y'all gonna be playing baseball too. If you're nice, trust me. Don't get it twisted. Put a put a ball in the back in your daughter's hand too. Let them make that money. 
All, all, all I'm thinking about is what you were talking about before about Bobby Bonilla's contract. Oh, <laughs> still getting paid. <laughs> he about to get another mill here this coming season. <laughs> Every time I hear that conversation, I think about that. <laughs> Yo, we got to do a podcast the next time when they say it's Bobby Bonilla Day because they always put it out there in, in sports. <laughs> yes. Bobby Bonilla Day when he gets his fresh new million dollars from the New York Mets. I, yo, that was like the smartest thing ever. <laughs> I mean, it helps the Mets out, obviously, but then this man is getting paid. Like, he's been sitting back chilling like, oh, oh, did that million hit my account? Hold on. <laughs> I'm good. Put the phone back in his pocket. <laughs> it's cool, man. I'm like, shit. Chilling out in the beach. <laughs> he just waiting for that ding to come in like, ding. <laughs> okay. Another round. <laughs> <laughs> and Bobby just living off the damn interest. He probably didn't even touch that mill. <laughs> well, he's smart. If he's smart, he wouldn't. He bought the Bitcoin this check. <laughs> That's what he bought. Yeah, my mind's in Bitcoin. <laughs> I think it's an NFL player that went ahead and did that crap. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie did that too. He converted his whole salary to Bitcoin. I hope it's a smart move. Tell you. People are thinking investments now. Hope it's smart. <laughs> well, but uh, yeah, I guess um, baseball is soon. It's February, but before you know it, it'll be springtime, spring training, bats will be flying, balls will be going, and new millionaires will be running the bases. Oh, it's good to be alive, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, fo- well, fellas, we are coming up on that time, so uh unfortunately, but everybody, let them know where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Find me cleaning out the icing my car. Um, but uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am our calls. Twitter and Instagram, I am our calls. Ah, yes, and you can find me uh, on Snapchat and Graham, um, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And uh, before we go, I want to give a special shout out um, to the family of Vincent Jackson, um, who was found dead in his hotel room a couple of days ago. Um, some, um, he was suffering from, as they're saying, um, alcoholism and possibly effects of CTE. So, um, you know, he was a great, great receiver in his league, um, but died at the age of 38. Um, so I'm hoping that the NFL will continue not only to continue but you know put the money where our mouth is when it comes to cte and you know taking care of former players health because if you don't and if you let things go to the wayside those you know these are not all the results but these are some of those outliners of people who have not been given the proper medical attention and the proper health where things can go to the worst case scenario as we saw with you know vincent jackson as we saw with you know a couple of others names you know escapes me right now but just want to send a very um special shout out to the family of vincent jackson um our thoughts and prayers are with you in this time yeah and I, to be honest not just the nfl but the nfl players also um we need to have that conversation um to continue the conversation and come together and come with some type of way to increase their awareness because a lot of people As always, love, peace, soul. Stay safe.
time out there in Texas. Keep your head up. You know what it's like. Remember, this is the way. Remember that. Take so much, not this one.